Have an idea for a podcast or a live talk show? Call 901-800-7608 or email info at theoamnetwork.com today and pitch your show. The OAM Network is an independently run podcast and live production company in Memphis, Tennessee. Theoamnetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Good morning, students and faculty. These are your morning announcements. Students, make sure those uniforms are tucked in. Speaking of uniforms, the pep rallies this Friday. Make sure you wear school colors. And lastly, the school is on fire. Welcome to On Fire with Zach and Jamie. Have a great day. Welcome, everybody, to On Fire, the podcast, lessons, stories, and all the fun from running a high school here in Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Zach Sampson. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Jamie Hedgens, your other host. And today we are talking about a very exciting topic. It is back to school ritual. So some of you might have already started the school year. Some of you might be approaching the beginning of the school year. Regardless of where you are, you can revamp, you can prepare yourself, you can get rituals going. So, Jamie, the question that I want to warm up with today is, what back-to-school ritual did you do to start the year right? I think one of the things that I was always obsessed about at the beginning of the school year was setting up my classroom. I took so much joy in... The organization, the decoration, the procedures and setting everything up perfectly and then taking 100 pictures to put on Instagram for no one to look at because it's another classroom. And at the beginning of the year, the last thing we need are other pictures of classrooms or your children going back to school. It's that time of year again. I've They've started to flood my my social media page. What is – you can take this one of two ways. So what – is your favorite decoration from your classroom or what's the best thing you've seen on Instagram for a classroom or in real life? Real life matters, people. I think from my personal classroom, and it's interesting because these have followed me out of the classroom, but my favorite classroom decor item has to be my Grizzlies growl towels, mm. the all heart grit grind. Um, I have all of the growl towels from all of the playoffs. None recently, of course. Hang in there, Grits fans. It'll get better. Um, but just having those in my classroom, I don't know if it was just the connection to what you need to be an educator, which is heart, grit, and grind. Um, and just I think you know, kids identified with them, and they were always a talking point. They're hanging in my office now, correct, and they fell down because, you know, adhesive, but they follow me. I take them everywhere. Let's talk about adhesives. <laughs> yes, let's do that. And what you should not use to adhere to your walls if you ever want your admin to talk to you again. So here's the thing. As a teacher, I would not say that my classroom was exceptionally decorated. I would say the decorations were erratic at worst. Meaningful at best. So kind of like your office? Kind of like my life at this point. (laughs) But they all stuck to the wall because I would go to, uh, no sponsorship here, Home Depot, Lowe's, if you want sponsorship, 
a message us, please. Home improvement store. Okay. A home improvement store of sorts. And I would get the really heavy duty tape or adhesive. And I'd put it on the back of the posters because my, my classroom was like brick. It was this weird combination of like brick and I'm not in construction. I'm assuming drywall of some sorts was involved, but nothing, nothing would stick. And then the humidity would hit and then everything would fall. So we'd get the strongest one possible. And at the end of the year, um, it would rip off all of the paint, which as a teacher wasn't my issue. It because, really wasn't. Because when I came back in the fall, it was repainted. So I never learned my lesson. But as an administrator, as an administrator, that cost money. And that was the bane of my existence during the summer. I was the same way. I used the, the, the strips that you can get that are used to like mount like a mailbox to the wall or you could use to like put a younger sibling on the wall. They hold up to like 150 pounds. Absolutely. And they never come off. Those are the best. But your administrators would like for you to know that you should not use hot glue guns. The things that we just said that you use. Um, a lot. What else didn't work? Any. So what. <sighs> What didn't work is masking tape. Masking tape never works in a classroom. Your your posters, you're going to put them up. Your classroom will look brilliant for a couple of hours. And when you come back in the morning, everything's going to be on the ground. Right, because they shut the AC off at night a lot of times. And especially if you come back on a Monday morning and everything's on the floor, it's the first day of school. You're like, well, fuck this. This school year is going to suck. God, those awful administrators shutting off the AC, which... Hashtag the budget people. Well, also, we didn't have control over the AC. That was centralized. So that was not even my doing. And I was often accused of shutting off the AC or like the number of complaints we received about it was too hot in the building or too cold. I can't control it. I promise you, I'm not just being an ass about this. I actually can't control it. It's not like you weren't hot and cold as well. Right. I'm, I'm bundled up here in like a it's it's July and I'm in like a turtleneck and like multiple sweaters at this point. But going back to the adhesives, I don't have a good solution for this. So listeners, if you've got good advice, write in, uh, get at us, like hit us up on this because you want something that's going to stick to the wall. But please, 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 for the love of all things sweet and holy, don't do adhesives that will rip the paint off because it's going to eat into the budget. And it also is just such a pain in the butt to deal with in the summertime. Yeah, so when you ask for things next year and your principal says, I'm sorry, we don't have money in the budget, think about the adhesive that you chose. So really, this is your fault. It is. Oh, this is terrible. This is taking a very negative turn. Let's uh, let's go back to this. Jamie, What? Uh, so you were talking about as a teacher, your favorite back-to-school ritual. As an administrator, we shared a common ritual to get the school ready for the school year that I think probably a lot of our teachers... And um, I'm not sure how commonplace this is amongst administrators. I'm hoping everybody does this, but I, I'm not sure. So let us know. What was that ritual? This is a very unique ritual. And what we would do. So as an administrator, the weekend before school starts, you are not at the pool cheering, chilling with a margarita. You're working. If you are at the pool, good for you. Also, we never red had our, flag. We never what are you had doing? Our shit together enough to do that. No, we didn't. Um, anyway, so what we would do late on a Saturday night before school started, and I mean late, like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, we would go around to classrooms and hallways that maybe needed a little, like maybe better luck for the upcoming school year and burn sage. There was really... You know, some stagnant energy, some negative energy, some 
classrooms that weren't um, really living up to expectations. And so I was also doing a lot of yoga at the time. And yeah, so you just get, you get, you go on Amazon, um, you order some beautiful, I think it's white Russian or like white Californian sage. I don't know. I don't know. White it's, Russians sound really good though. <laughs> you drink, you drink a white Russian, you get some milk and you vodka. To be you clear, down to it in your school. listening, we did not drink white Russians before. No, we didn't. But the sage might have been from Russia. Anyways, the sage was present. That's what I'm saying. So we got we got a bundle of sage. And this is where you have to be careful. So you light it. But as you light it, the mistake we made the first year was that it so it starts to burn. And, um, you know, you there. look it up. There's different chants you can do online for purifying rituals based on what we observed. I'm not sure how effective they are. But you wave the sage around, you say your chant. But the thing to be careful about is as you're waving the sage around, ash starts to fall everywhere. So you need to get a pan of some sort or a bucket. Just visit your cafeteria. You can find whatever you need there. We found a nice pan in the cafeteria. But the other thing you have to be very careful about is the smoke. Yes. That comes out of that. I mean, the name of the fire, the podcast is on fire. We did not. And this was an intentional, well, it wasn't really a fire, but it was an intentional burning of a substance. And it did create smoke. This sounds illegal now. And at one point, it was not. This is at legal. At one point, though, we decided that maybe we were standing a little too close to some of the fire, the sprinklers, and we were afraid we were going to set off the fire alarm. Totally. That actually would have been really funny. You know what? This ritual didn't actually work. We had some... Uh, it didn't. There was some really stagnant and negative energy in some of those classrooms the following year, too. So... And we took selfies the entire time. I think this is the only time I used the selfie stick I got for Christmas. No, I think that selfie stick was confiscated from a student. Oh, was it? it probably was. Yeah, that was when selfie sticks were popular. So that's our back to school ritual there. Um, administrators, teachers, Amazon or another distributor. You don't need to use Amazon. They're not sponsoring this. Get some sage, light it on fire, do some chanting and uh, let us know how that goes for you. So today we are diving into our theme of starting the year strong, and we are going to talk about the rituals, the habits that you need to establish um, in multiple roles to make sure that you start the school year really, really strong for your students and just as importantly for yourself. And here to share with us today is one of my favorite colleagues. When I asked her to be on this podcast, she said, you don't want me on here because I sound real Southern. Um, But she is an outstanding educator and also a parent. So we're going to hear from her kind of the, the double side of going back to school, of going back to work, but also maybe ridding yourself of your own children uh, once school starts. So welcome, Shannon Shaw, to On Fire. Thank you so much. Woo! The crowd goes Woo! wild. There's a crowd <laughs> gathered outside of the recording studio today, and they are holding up signs. We're going to sell tickets next time. It's such a big crowd. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Shannon, let's just start here. What do you do to make sure you have a strong start to the school year, both as a parent and a teacher? Well, for first and foremost, I plan, plan, plan. Um, if you could see the list that I create, I mean, and it's insane, and they are paper lists everywhere um, for the household, for the kids, and for my school. 
Um, but I just feel that's just kind of what works. Um, I will say the back to school supplies make me cringe. Even though I am a school teacher and I absolutely love school supplies, I hate shopping for them. So I always make sure that I find the best deal in town. And this summer, it actually came upon Facebook. I saw no a, sponsorship by Facebook, by the way. No, I saw in a little ad this. Stay at home mom says, I have back to school bags for 40 bucks. And I'm thinking, is she selling these out of the trunk of her car in the Walmart parking lot? Or no way. Yeah. You had to, you had to meet with her or she would deliver them for an extra 10 bucks. And I actually, I will not tell a lie. I paid the extra 10 for her to bring them to the house. Listen, no judgment. There's no shame in that. And so I got this. Fabulous, like see-through plastic bag with everything in it. And our local like school supply store usually charges about 75 for the exact same thing. However, they do deliver to the school. So today at open house, I was like, oh wow, they didn't even have to, you know, bring these things into the school building. They're already sitting there. But all I had to do was carry it for 40 bucks. So, And I want you to think about the savings of that and how you can buy additional beer and wine to deal with your own school yes, year from that Yes, savings. and yes. I mean, <laughs> it is just, you know, and, and I just think of the time. Like, every summer, it, it's so funny because, you know, I'm just at the local stores where we shop, and I'm, I'm seeing these parents— the poly folders are here, you know, and you're just, I mean, you have to go to so many lengths to get what they've requested. And of course, I want to be that parent. So um, anyway, kudos to her. I mean, the only complaint that I can have thus far, my child might come home tomorrow and tell me otherwise, um, is it, it was somewhat of a little dinky roll of paper towels, but I just substituted those for a big bounty roll that I had at home. <laughs> Something tells me your daughter isn't going to care about paper towels. She will not. And all I had to do at open house was throw it in the bin. So we're, we're all good. I'm more curious to see like when your daughter opens, like if there's a box of crayons in there, if it's Crayola with like an I instead of a Y. <laughs> <laughs> No. Look, There's a reason it the, was forty dollars. The, the teacher and me, I mean, I, I I must say, I went through the bag. Everything was Crayola. I mean, if I saw a crazy art, I would have like really come unglued. Um, it's all Crayola product. And I will just say I was pleasantly surprised. And and the the mom, the teacher mindset that I have. I'm thinking, how did she do this? And then I saw, I don't know if I can say <laughs> the company, but they're, we, I believe, going out of business. Hey, we've said, we've said it. Well, that's probably why you got it for $40 then. Right. We've said enough names on this podcast. No, to be clear, no one is giving us money, dot, 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 yet. So right. say whatever you want. So I saw several bargain hunt stickers and 
Fred's. So that is how, I mean, I guess, you know, because I think a couple of years ago I bought um, just the little journal notebooks and everybody said, you have one for every student. And I was like, yes, I do. And I was so excited about these notebooks and they were like 10 cents a piece. So I'm sure that's how she did this, but it, it has been a lifesaver. I'm just jealous. I didn't think of this idea because this would be a great side hustle. So maybe for next summer, if we want to gather together, the three of us, we could come up with something $35 and, you know, put her out of business. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm all for that. Looking for employment opportunities at all times, people. Uh, Shannon, I want to know more, more about this question. Which is more difficult to prepare for, getting yourself as a teacher ready for the school year or getting your kids ready for the school year? Hands down, getting my own kids ready for the school year. Just today, um, the open house for my youngest child, who's nine, the open house schedule is from three to five. Okay. Who can go to that? That's right. PD runs until like 3.30 usually. (laughs) Right. And then there's the drive. And picking the child up so that she can meet her teacher. I I don't understand who who creates these things, but so once, educators who want to be home by 5:30. <laughs> once I left my job, um I had to go home and get the children in the car with all of the supplies since I didn't do the, you know, delivery. And we rushed to the school and met the teacher and filled out all the paperwork and bought a couple of t-shirts from the PTO. Um, Well, then it was time to take my soon-to-be sophomore who had to have her eyebrows waxed before the first day of school. Because when you're in 10th grade, like, Plucking doesn't work anymore. It has to be a full no on longer. wax before the first day. I mean, I have an idea too. You pay here. Here's how you make this work. You pay forty dollars for that school kit. There's got to be some scotch tape in there. You get a little bit of scotch tape. You put it on those eyebrows. You make like a very fashionable V, which I'm assuming is that still the trend? Vs? Nobody. You I may, feel you like may, this might be a new area for listen, you to explore. Possibly. <laughs> you make a V. You rip it off. You're good sure. to go. I mean, it, that makes sense. No extra cost because you already paid 40 bucks. Or you could use the crowns from <laughs> the supply kit and draw an outline oh. and just get a pair of tweezers, which are like a dollar ninety nine. I don't know. I haven't bought them in a while. That sounds just, right. Just like just pluck around the Crayola. I mean, Gorgeous. Like coloring outside the lines. Cover, <laughs> cover girl Crayola. Actually, we're on to something. Trademark that. <laughs> So, Shannon, we solved your problems. Moving on, next guest. <laughs> no, go on. So, she had to, she got her eyebrows done. I yes. bet they look good. <laughs> Is there anything else she's doing to prepare for her sophomore year of high school? Well, it's no telling what the credit card statement will look like because she can now go to the mall with a friend who actually has her license and took my credit card to her favorite store and has the the back-to-school outfit. 
But after this podcast, I will be going back home to retrieve the 15-year-old to um, head to the, again, either Ulta or Sephora. She will decide by the time I get there. And we have to, um, yes, we must have a foundation for tomorrow for the first day. I mean, with all the photos that will happen, I can see the importance in that. Yes. And mascara. So she is ready for foundation and mascara as a 10th grader. And after the first day, she will never wear it again, except for maybe the occasional dance that'll probably be around, you know, Christmas time, the winter ball. Yeah. Maybe we get her a copy of like Fahrenheit 451 as well. Works for me. That would be great. I think we should do that. I mean, I feel like with all of this makeup and stuff, a little bit of reading, you know? Yeah. That sounds good. Yep. It is It is funny, though, because, you know, your daughter, she's getting her look ready for the first day of school, right? But I, I do think teachers get their look ready for the first day of school, right? We do the same thing. We do the same thing. Although, I have to say, so when I was a teacher, we didn't. Our admin didn't specify what we should wear the first day of school. So it, there was a little bit of, I'm going to find an outfit that makes me look serious and intellectual, but also kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But then as an admin, we always just wore our school polos and khakis on the first day, which I have to say I greatly appreciated because at that point in my life, I gave really like zero craps about getting ready for the first day of school from an appearance standpoint. I was more worried about, are the buses going to run this morning? Are all the teachers going to show up on time? Are the students going to show up? What's enrollment going to look like? Mm -hmm. Those kind of things where it just, it's kind of actually a really good argument for students wearing uniform. It takes just so much out of the picture. It does. Well, and you have to be, you have to be mobile too, as a, as a teacher, as an administrator, it makes me think about, you know, you never see a doctor wearing uh, dress shoes or high heels because you're going to be in sneakers because you've got to be you've got to be mobile. And as an administrator and teacher, you are walking so much. If you people out there, if you have not put one of those again, no sponsorship. God, we could get so much sponsorship out of this episode. Fitbit uh, hit us up. My my absolute highest Fitbit as an admin was 29,450 steps. Was that truly calibrated? Yes. Was it? Don't question me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it also reminds me of the time that we tried to use one of those. What are those little um, scooter things? Oh, um, the hoverboard. Oh, hoverboard. Don't I don't recommend that as a way to reduce the movement load as an admin. It doesn't end well. No, it usually involves a face plant. Um, Shannon, I want to, so it sounds, I'm, I'm so impressed with you as a, I've got to be in your classroom. I'm so impressed with you as a teacher and as a parent. And I, I struggled to get myself just ready and put together to arrive at school on time to make sure the day went well. And you do that. And you also have a family and make sure that they have a great day too, there are so many teachers out there who are also parents. What is, from your perspective, what's the most important thing that they should do to get the day started right? I think first and foremost, it is 
sleep. The first month of school is going to kick our butts. It does every year. And I always say the first month of school is the hardest. Mm -hmm. And then May hits and I say, never mind. It's actually the last (laughs) month of school. But however, so August and May, you just have to rest. Um, There are some weekends that I literally just, on Friday afternoon, I stop, I get what I need for the weekend, and I do not leave, and I do not get out of my pajamas. Um, Lots and lots and lots of rest. Um, I think that's probably in all of my years of teaching and just being a parent, I, I think the more we can rest up, uh, the more productive we will be and uh, just the happier we will be. Um, now, I will say this summer has been difficult because my children who normally go to bed at nine o'clock um, because we are in early school where we live and they must rise at six o'clock every morning. Um, my youngest has to be on the bus at 625. So, We have nine o'clock bedtimes. I would miss the bus every day. (laughs) (laughs) Until the summer hits. And then it's like I hear my 15-year-old upstairs at two o'clock in the morning with her friends, you know, making TikToks. That's two o'clock in the morning? Yes. That's for some reason between like midnight and about three is the time that teenagers just come alive these days. I think that ages us because I'm like two o'clock in the morning. I really don't remember the last time I saw that. Yes. And they're creating TikToks. I think TikTok also ages us. For sure. I'm familiar with TikTok as a Kesha song, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. I think what I'm looking so forward to as a mom is a nine o'clock bedtime for these kids so that then I rediscover me time. That's something all summer long I have not had. Not and when even we, a minute. When we were meeting outside before recording this episode, you told me, you were like, oh my gosh, I haven't just had this time by myself all summer. So that's I know that's it. exciting for you. That's it. And all I was doing at that moment was sitting down with an adult. Hey, sometimes the bar, you know, it, it just needs to meet you where you are. Um, yes. But one thing, one thing that I really want to know as a parent and as an educator, what, what, what do you want your daughters, teachers, and administrators to do to make your kids feel comfortable starting the beginning of the year? Because I think so, so much, so, a lot of the time we're really focused on how do we get ourselves ready? But like, what are the things that we do that make you as a parent feel comfortable dropping your children off to spend eight hours a day, five days a week with people? Well, I think the open house is beautiful. I just think we could do a better job of maybe extending those hours for working parents. Um, because I think of all the parents who truly have to work until five o'clock, I I mean, we need to open that up for sure until at least maybe 637. Um, I think, too, just welcoming, um, having joy, you know, and and it kind of goes back to the getting good rest 
when we are all well-rested and we're taking care of ourselves, we just project a much more joyful spirit. And I think that that is just what all kids, I mean, I've, I've literally taught kindergarten through 12th grade. And I think that when they see someone who is just genuinely happy and, and just has a joyful spirit, they're so much more apt to want to buy in to, to whatever the school mission is, uh, to whatever your classroom expectations are. You know, they, they pick up on it just really quickly. And, and I think it's just, it's critical um, for our schools, especially, I mean, because we just, we don't have the technology that these kids are just used to accessing 24 hours a day. I mean, their world is just moving at a rapid rate. So if that teacher is just excited and motivated and ready to just have fun, then I think we've got to buy in. And I think you do that better than almost anyone I've seen. Well, thank you. <laughs> we might pause here, maybe edit this back. All right. So now I'm starting. I want to go back to what you said about self-care because I think that is so important in the teaching profession. And for a long time, I don't know if this was talked about, but I do think people are talking about it more, both just culturally and I think also in education, um, although not enough as it should be. So what I've seen in the past is, you know, Yes, teachers technically get the summer off, but like so many teachers don't actually have the summer off. There might be trainings. And even if there's not formalized stuff from their school, they're potentially working on lesson plans. They're they're doing something. They're not they're usually not just I don't know, sitting in front of the TV watching the nanny, which wonderful show. Also not sponsoring this podcast, but they'll get into this really great self-care habit during the summertime of relaxation, eating healthy, you know, going to the gym, getting some physical activity in there, going to yoga, meditating, whatever. And then when the school year hits, it's either we drop this completely because we know for the next nine months, we're basically going to run ourselves into the ground so that we can rejuvenate over the summer. Or there's this like false promise of like, yes, I can actually keep this exact routine up while still being a full-time teacher. And that's just not potentially realistic or they haven't worked out how to do that. So going into the school year, knowing that self-care is really crucial to being an excellent teacher, what are you thinking in terms of how to continue those habits or develop new habits for the school year? It goes back to what I said earlier about the list. So I also, on my list for myself, um, you know, it, it's just all about planning. I think if we can just become excellent planners and have Sunday to be the day, um, because my family, I mean, they want home-cooked meals. So, you know, I am teaching all day and then it's like, okay, I'm really tired. And the family's I mean, seriously, I'm getting texts and phone calls starting at probably about a quarter of four. What's for supper? Um, and so if on Sunday we can prepare for the week, 
Um, my husband is an excellent griller, and I will just load him up. I mean, on Saturday, I am at the store buying chicken and fish and just everything so that he grills. And if he can grill those things for the week, then it just seems like we can add the fillers um, on those weeknights. I mean, just a quick little air fryer of okra and just a side of, you know, a little sweet potato. And and we're eating healthy. And so I think first and foremost, you know, if if we're eating healthy, I'm not just running through a drive through on the way home because I am tired. I know that the majority of the meals already prepared then I'm good. And um, now I will say, I think that exercise is just a, a huge part of life. It, it needs to just be a part of your life. And I cannot say that I've mastered that yet. When I, I was actually a stay-at-home mom for five years. Now, I, I never got to do the stay-at-home mom with kids in school. I think there's an acronym for that. Um, I, I never got to have that. I, I always had a child with me when I had that time off. But I will say I used the gym just to my benefit, and it was probably the best shape I've ever been in in my life. Now, <laughs> not so much, but I think as long as I'm just being mindful, I'm just taking the stairs every day, I'm just trying to fit in those times. I mean, even if it's the kids just saying, hey, after dinner, let's just do a walk around the neighborhood, you know, just trying to stay active. But it's hard. I mean, when you work full time, you have a family and a household to run. It's it's just a lot. And I, I tell my friends all the time. I'm just in this season. You know, it's, I know my time will come again when I can become a gym rat. And I mean, I can stay in there two, three hours a day. But for now, you just got to take what you can get. And um, there's even a walking group that I just realized was in my neighborhood. Um, they meet like three days a week. So, you know, just even looking for those little things to just stay healthy um, and exercise. That's really good advice. I feel like I am taking this all in and thinking about what I'm not doing in my own life to stay balanced and focused and being the best person I can be at work. And you don't need to, I think there's this misconception that you need to be healthy. Perhaps you need to be at the gym for two hours. You need to be meditating for an hour. You need to, you know, yada, yada, yada. But you don't. There are certain small things that you can do and more informal ones like taking a walk around the neighborhood. That's a really great way to stay physically fit and then also spend time with your kids. And there's a lot of signs that 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 social interaction is so healthy and so positive for for you as a person. So that's great. I think you don't. It's exciting to hear that you're finding these small moments and that they don't have to be two hours at the gym. That's right. That's stressful to think that that's what it needs to look like. And I think with the healthy eating thing, you can involve your colleagues with that. You know, I taught at a school once where we would do a baked potato bar every other week as a oh, faculty wow. on our floor for lunch. And it was great because you got to talk and have fun. But everybody, instead of like ordering Uber Eats or, you know, just, I don't know, having your 19th link cuisine of the month which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think, I think that's a really good thing. And I think you yeah. feel better when you're eating well. 
can say from the amount of candy I consumed during summer PD, shout out to Sherry for having the best snacks in her PD room. (laughs) But it just, I feel like I'm not in a good place right now, but like getting back on that cycle at the beginning of the school year is important to having a strong school year. For sure. Namaste, everyone. So... Shannon, a couple more questions for you that I, I'm, I'm curious about this one. So I've been in your classroom. I know the year starts very strong, but let's imagine for some reason that the year doesn't start strong, or maybe there is a student who like they walk in and it's just not a good interaction and it's a struggle from the get go. How do you bounce back from that? What advice do you have for teachers? Oh, well, I mean, you know, I've been teaching a long time and even this past year I found, you know, I just, I was like, what, why is this not working? Like normally this is just a breeze. Um, and you know, I, I just kind of recollected myself and realized, oh, I didn't start with a seating chart. It's amazing how just something as simple as a seating chart just defines my classroom. And I say, you know, this is my classroom and this is how it's going to be. And then as Christmas comes around, then it's, hey, today you can sit where you would like. But when you start the year that way, um, I just never felt like I could put my thumb on those kids like I needed to, Um, you know, and and for the most part, people would still come into the classroom and be like, oh, wow, this is great. But I myself could just feel the difference. Um, The kids know that I love them, but it seems like if I start the year in somewhat of a mom mode, that's, you know, I'm here to be your teacher, not your friend. Um, by Christmas time, I can start to somewhat be your friend and I can listen to you and we can have conversations. But I think just the beginning of the year, it, you can smile. I think so many people think, oh, you have to be so mean. No, you don't. You you can still smile at them, but you have to let them know, this is my classroom. These are my expectations. This is where you're going to sit today and possibly for the next four months. Um, I just think that that helps. I think the smiling advice is the worst advice that people give the new teachers. That's about right. Not smiling until what Thanksgiving or Christmas break, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. is the absolute worst thing you can tell someone. I agree. Because who wants to be in a room with somebody who isn't going to smile or act like they enjoy being there or having you there? That's right. It's the worst advice. I agree. That is totally. commonly shared with new teachers. Yep. I totally got that advice my Same. Yeah, my first year of teaching. And it wasn't until I smiled. And I'm not grinning from ear to ear like a fool, but and if you do grin like that, no shame. But I I think there's there's so much in what you said about like it's this balance of this warmness that shows I love you and I care about you, but at this strictness that also communicates the same things, but in a different way. That's right. Yeah. That's sure. real, it's a tough balance to strike. It is. It is. And it takes practice. It but you'll, you'll get there. Yeah. Yep. All right. I am curious to know, as we're nearing the end here, what's your favorite part of going back to school? Routine. I am just a lover of routine. Um, 
I look so forward to the summer, and then I'm at home, and after about three days of pajamas and dry shampoo and kids asking, um, can I have something to eat? Can I have ice cream for lunch? It just, I am over it. Um, I feel like I go from teacher and mom to now I have to become an entertainer. I have to keep you continually entertained for seven weeks of my life. And then I tap my husband before going back to PD and say, tag your it. And he's literally after about the third day saying, okay, so when do they go back to school? Um, It's just, it's no easy task whatsoever. And I really think I could become a fan of year-round school because I love breaks. I love fall break. I love Thanksgiving break, winter break, spring break. I mean, breaks are beautiful, but summer is just a little bit long with no true routine. I think that's fair. Also, no shade on the dry shampoo. That's not a summer routine. That is a year-long routine for some of us. I think going back to school, what I looked forward to the most was starting over and just an opportunity to do things better than you did the year before. Yeah. I I always, by the end of the school year, I'm ready to go. I give my wave. Kids, it's been real. See you guys in two months, three months, whatever the break may be. But I'm the first day of school. I am so happy to see all the students. That's that's what really makes the that's what makes coming back um, really meaningful for me. As I'm sure a lot of teachers as an administrator, that was my favorite thing, because more so as an admin than a teacher, you you interact with the same students year after year. And even now, not being at one school, but still having the opportunity to interact with the same students, I am, they start school next Monday. I am legitimately excited to see students who were freshmen when I was an assistant principal, but I've seen them every single year and I am looking forward to that so much. Hey, shout out to the little buddies at school that we can't name, but little buddies, you know who you are. All right, so for the practice portion of uh, this lesson, we would like for any educators, and you know what, any professionals out there, listen, please do. Send us your rituals for starting the day strong, the year strong. What do you do to make sure that you're set up for success? And going into our joy factor to close it out, the whip around question for Everyone in the room is what's either the best or worst thing that's happened to you the first day of school? It can be as a teacher or as a student. Jamie, I will let you start. I will kick this one off to give the rest of you think time because this is this is horrific. It, it really is. So my very first day as a teacher, not just of a school year, but my first day as a teacher, period. It was third period and I was trying to be the cool teacher. I don't know what had gotten into my head, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a conversation with my students and I'm going to sit on this desk and it's going to be conversational and cool. So I sat on the desk and the desk broke. So I am... <laughs> give everybody in the studio a moment to collect themselves. You were trying I, yeah, so hard to be so cool. the desk broke. And so 
you know those desks like where the 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 chair is connected to the desk part. There's like a bar that connects said desk to said seats. It was missing on that one, so it just kind of sprayed apart, and I was on the floor, and I did not handle it well. I had not learned to laugh at myself at that point, you know, all of three hours into my teaching career. And that is the worst day of school ever, not just the worst first day. It's the worst day ever. But they like laughed. You- they all laughed, too. And I, mean, I would have laughed, but I wasn't able to laugh at myself. And <laughs> I'm not sure if I recovered with that particular group of students until, like, March. Those were dark days. But you know what? You bounced back. I mean, probably, maybe, maybe on the floor. I don't not, know. Not, I wasn't not there. from the floor. I did not bounce back quickly from the floor. You, you bounced back, and and you're you're here today. So, new teachers out there, if you fall on your ass on the first day of school, there's still hope for you. You'll be okay. But I think the real lesson is don't try to be cool and sit on a desk. Wear your good shoes. Stand. Very saved by the saved by the bell vibes there, Shannon. What about you? Well. As a mom, I so want to be one of those, you know, moms that has the cute little chalkboard because, I mean, the teacher in me loves the chalkboards. Um, and I really want to be that mom, but I guess that gets left off the plan every year. So my kids never have a chalkboard that says, you know, today is my first day of blank grade. Um, and these are all the things I'm doing in my life at this moment. It's usually, I mean, I have two girls six years apart. So, I mean, you can only imagine. Um, but I force them to take the first day of school pick. Again, you know, I have a teenager who's all about the foundation and mascara. So, I mean, she should be on point. She's been up for two and a half hours getting ready. And then I have the six-year-old who is just, I mean, scared to death of what the day holds. So she's usually during the headlights look. But just those pictures of the two of them together are probably just the greatest memories. Um, no chalkboard, but I have those dates on my phone. So I will carry these pics with me forever and just know the struggle of getting the morning of the first day pick. Maybe use post-it notes or just like a sheet of white paper and just write on it. I would love to see that on Facebook or Instagram instead of the cute chalkboards. Just somebody uh, who is like for real using just a sheet of paper and a yes, Sharpie. Yes. Because May that's we real just life. Be that real. is real life. Mom Zach, life. what about you? So my my worst first day of school comes from my freshman year of high school, which frankly is traumatic enough. But I was new, well, everyone was new to the school, but I didn't know a ton of people. Um, I, I went to a Catholic school where I didn't, I didn't go to one of the feeder Catholic schools and I must've sat on a Jolly Rancher at some <laughs> point during the school day. And so for the entire school day, I had a strawberry Jolly Rancher stuck to my ass on my khaki uniform shorts And it was there until the final period of the day when somebody told me, you have candy stuck to your right cheek. And I (laughs) was mortified because I 
was trying to like keep it together and I reached down and sure enough, there was a very sticky Jolly Rancher that I pulled off of my khaki shorts. It was quite the start to high school. Well, on the bright side, it can only really go up from there. Oh, strawberry was my favorite flavor of Jolly Rancher too. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that is it for lesson two of On Fire, the podcast. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at at on fire the podcast email us at on fire the podcast at gmail.com again my name is zach samson i'm jamie hudgens and we are your hosts of on fire the podcast thanks for joining us class is dismissed on fire with zach and jamie is an oam network production available on itunes spotify stitcher google play and theoamnetwork.com hosted by zach sampson and jamie hudgens produced by gilworth logo and design by the oam network